being around sports media and a fan of oh my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. If you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, it is Monday, December 27th. I didn't even believe my phone when I looked down. Rolling right through the month of December. If you're watching on YouTube, of course, we do live after all primetime games. No more Thursday now. Think was that the last Monday breach, or do we have one more? It was not the last Monday because ah. we have uh, the Ben Roethlisberger retirement tour next Monday. We are here. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We, uh, that's right. Uh, ben, oh boy, that'll be a juicy one. You're going uh, yeah. to want to subscribe and get alerts so you can come join us as Breach dances on Wilson's Big Ben grave, or we see Wilson shed thirty minutes of tears uh, as he sobs <laughs> over Big Big Ben's career and and the two Super Bowl bag, wins. Bag Ben. <laughs> <Bag> <laughs> And uh, and by the way, uh, this is also I believe it's the uh, the Josh Josh Leggett re- revenge tours tonight because Josh has been in the chat telling me the Dolphins would win for two days. Dolphins won. We'll get to that game in a minute. If you're listening to the podcast, it is probably Tuesday, December twenty eighth, and uh, you know hit that five star review uh, or five star rating on Spotify. They just added ratings. If you're listening on Spotify, help us out and throw that five star rating on there we greatly appreciate it we're going to get to the game in a minute so don't get don't get all big mad that we're not talking about what is a a 20 to 3 dolphins win over the saints that probably goes down as a loss top, top 10 worst prime top five worst prime time game you've ever watched ever or this year well <laughs> ever I mean, right. If you consider the fact that 25 people are out for the Saints, it was pretty good watching a bunch of fans that won tickets to play a football game tonight. They didn't do as bad as I thought they'd do for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Wills. It could have been uglier, Brenton. I mean, they had people playing left tackle that literally were signed two days ago to the practice squad and immediately elevated to the active roster. They had dudes that had played. The quarterback was Blake Bortles. <laughs> you got, uh, am I, am I was it, or maybe that game was in the preseason. I'm trying to think. There was a Titans-Jets game. That was one of the, I just remember just on a Monday night football and maybe it was like 2015 or something like that. It was either 2016 or 2015. God, it was so bad. I, I don't think that was up there. It was like, oh, it was 30 to eight jets one. Maybe is that it? 2015. Wait, anyway, are you talking, you're going back. I don't even think you have to go past this season to find. You got one from week 15. Is that what you're telling me? I mean, there's, there's been a couple that have been absolute duds. I, I don't even think this is my bottom three. I'll be honest. 
I mean, uh, last night, Dallas 56 to 14 over Washington. That was at least fun. I, I'd much yeah, rather yeah. see I, I like a bunch of scores. Here's I'd much see a beat down than like a. Right. The fun fact from that Washington game breach. Yeah. Football team had seven punts. Cowboys had eight touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny is that I feel like the Saints have been in some of the worst primetime games of the year as far as watchability. Uh, you know, I feel like everybody enjoyed hate watching and watching Tom Brady get shut out. But if you take out the Tom Brady factor, that nine, nothing game was not that great of a game. The Thanksgiving game against the bills was one of the worst primetime games of the year. That was 31 to six. At least this one was closer longer. So maybe let's just keep the saints at a prime time until they find a new quarterback. Cause that's at least three games that were almost unbearable to watch. Some folks uh, in, the, in the comments are talking about the Bills, Pats. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I like weird circumstances like that. Yeah, 700 mile hour wins, yeah. half hurricane, half tornado. I'm all about watching game I, that weather. It, it wasn't great football. I mean, people talk about great defense and all that. I mean, yeah, but you saw a team run it 47 times. I mean, that's always fun. I, I agree with Princeton that weird things are fun. Yeah, you guys, all right, well, uh, our our producer Debo, maybe you've heard of him. By the way, smash that like button. Uh, I don't know if we're. Oh, and we will be live after primetime games, too. So that's going to be fun. I mean, primetime games. After playoff games. So that will be exciting to recap the playoff games after they happen. My agent said that I don't have to do those. So this is my this is my season finale. <laughs> Actually, I talked to your wife. She said you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I muted my... my uh, turned down muted the yourself. Um, so the Dolphins are now... If the season ended at this very moment, if Thanos snapped his fingers, spoiler alert, sorry, Wilson, and the season ended right now, the Dolphins would be the seventh seed in the AFC. They just, they just ripped off their first seven-game winning streak since 1985. Dan Marino, of course, in, in, uh, in New Orleans for this game. He was involved in that. And they are eight and seven after a one and seven start. Debo was licking his friggin' chops for a wow. top five pick from the oh. Dolphins just seven weeks ago. And now, now there's a chance you get the 32nd pick, Debo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically. The I, look, I don't I don't know what to make. Baltimore's now out. The Chargers were already out. Was Baltimore the eighth seed? I was trying to figure that are the seventh seed coming into the night? Yes. yes. Oh, they were? Good Lord, I'd already written them off. Okay. I was trying to figure out who dropped out. Baltimore. Baltimore dropped out because of their crappy record against AFC teams. So the 13th seed Denver, and there's only two weeks left, so there's, you know, take this for what it's worth, but the 13th seed Denver is separated by just two games for the three seed Cincinnati. You know, you can't, you're not going to pull off a, you know, you're not going to get the a chain of events that unfolds so much so that you go from seven and eight to in the playoffs, more than likely. But this is a massive game for playoff implications. Miami's uh, playoff chances only went up 5%, according to our sportsline.com simulations. I'm sure that I will be accused of being an anti Dolphins uh, or Dolphins hater by pointing that out. I'm just, you called them frauds. I don't think that tonight necessarily changes that opinion, but that's okay. They've won seven games in a row. That's, the first right. team to go one and seven and then went or just to lose seven straight or whatever and then turn around and, and win seven in a row. The first team to have a seven game winning streak and a seven game losing streak in the same season. Yeah, there it is. There we go, Wilson. Which and that it, team has never made the playoffs until this year. 
the Saints saw their playoff chances go from 40.2% down to 30.7%. So it's pretty crazy the the Saints actually have a, a better chance of, of making the playoffs. Well, let me ask you this. Who do you well, think is more likely to make Well, we'll get playoffs. to the NFC in a second, then we can answer that question. But well, you can answer it. It's a pretty simple question. Yes or no, we can move on. I mean, I would, Yeah, exactly. That's my point. All right, go ahead. Keep really? going. <laughs> yeah, no one thinks the Saints. Oh, my God. You think, you think Did you see Ian Book? They have no chance. <laughs> He's not playing this week. Read the book, Brinson. <laughs> you read the wrong book. All right. What do, want- <laughs> what do you want to talk about that you couldn't answer one word? Give me a one word answer to that question. Jeez Louise, so hostile. <laughs> uh, by the way, Miami, the one knock on them in terms of their resume with the teams above them doesn't matter quite as much to the teams below them as that conference record. They do have a better conference record than Baltimore, uh, same conference record as the Chargers. So, I mean, they're in good shape in terms of keeping the, the teams below them at bay. Well, then not, why are they only 19% then? Because of their remaining schedule. Yes. Because our simulation doesn't think they have a chance of going 2-0, probably not even 1-1, because they close in Nashville against the Tennessee Titans, and then they turn around and play the New England Patriots in well, the final week. Of they the don't have a good chance of keeping the teams behind them at bay. That's why I was asking that question. Well, I mean, if they win one of those, then the other teams have to go 2-0, and and that's not a guarantee. So it's not, you know, the Ravens have two tough games with uh, the Rams and the Steelers, so. Oh, please. And look, let me clarify. Let me let me clarify. When I say the Dolphins are a fraud, I don't mean that the Dolphins are a bottom five football team. What I mean is the Dolphins have ripped off wins against a pretty easy schedule, and that I am not entirely convinced that if their offense goes up against a, I don't I don't think they can score a bunch of points against a good defense. Their defense is playing really well. I mean, they're playing well. Very good. Listen, they don't score a bunch of points against anyone. Their offense only scored 13 points in this game. <laughs> like, right. That's, I mean, that's sort of my point. But look, they, they won the game easily and handily. Don't, but don't let me help you make your point, Brinson. You're saying that this team has won seven straight games. They have beat Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco, uh, a combination of Cam Newton and PJ Walker, Mike Glennon, your boy, Brinson, Zach Wilson, uh, Ian Book. And then, of course, you throw in Lamar Jackson. He's the one outlier, the good quarterback that he is, that, that they've beaten. But besides that, you know, this is, you would hope that most teams would win these games. These, these are games you have to win if you're going to make the playoffs. I hosted the, uh, the pregame show the, leading up to the game on uh, CBS Sports HQ. Charles Davis came on and he made the point because you know, I asked him, I was like, you know, what's, what's going on in this winning streak? And his number one argument was leadership and Brian Flores. And he noted that, you know, you can say that they haven't played anybody, but we just saw the Chargers lose to the Texans. The Bills lost to the Jaguars. You know, the, the Titans lost to the Jets and the Texans. There's myriad examples of good team. The, the Cardinals lost to the Lions. You can say, oh, that's a free win, but I'm just not sure that that exists in the NFL. I mean, the question is, when we're talking about the Dolphins, are we talking about them as a like a, a contender to get to the playoffs or a contender to make noise in the playoffs. And I understand anyone can win once you get in, but you know, I think there's a well, difference. Well, here's the thing. I I'm not crapping on the notion that this team has won seven games in a row. I, I mean, breach uh, right off the list of quarterbacks that they beat. Well, there are good teams that didn't beat those quarterbacks, including sure. the Titans, including the Bengals. Uh, who are the other teams that lost the good teams breach? Oh, the freaking bills. I mean, that should be they should be kicked out of the league if they score six points against the Jaguars team led by Urban Meyer. But I mean, here's how the Dolphins can clinch a playoff berth by winning out. Well, Brenton, I think the most the thing that sums up uh, 
how crazy the AFC playoffs are right now. Cause you mentioned Denver is only two games behind the Bengals and that separates the 13 seed and the three seed, which is crazy. But I think another thing that sums it up is that the 10th seed in the AFC controls its own fate. That is the Raiders. If the Raiders win out, they're in the playoffs. You don't, you almost never see that with a 10 seed that they can control anything, but usually they need like seven other things to happen or they need someone to lose or they need this to happen or that to happen. The Raiders don't need any of it. If the Raiders win their last two games, they're in the playoffs. And that those two games are against the Colts and Chargers. So two teams. Would you rather be the Raiders or the Dolphins? I think if I had to bet money on either the Dolphins winning out or the Raiders winning out. Yeah. and, And I didn't have a choice. I have to bet on one of them. I think I would probably take the Raiders. Really? I, right. I just think that the Colts have a bunch of COVID issues. And so that feels like, you know, I don't think the Raiders are going to win, but it just, the door is slightly open. Uh, and then the All Chargers right. is a team they've played, you know, it's a divisional rival and they played well against. So you're saying basically you take the Raiders uh, among all the eight and seven teams, Miami, Baltimore, LA Chargers and Vegas. No, you're asking oh. me who I thought has a better chance of winning out out of those two teams. Yeah. But if you're saying Vegas is going to be the Chargers next week or whenever they play, then that I can't imagine. And you said, you know, three weeks ago, the Baltimore is going to miss the playoffs. So, well, no, because I don't think the Raiders are going to beat the Colts and that could change like what games have meaning in week 18. And all right. So among my line of thinking, Miami and Vegas, you're taking Vegas among Miami, Baltimore Chargers and Vegas. Who are you taking? All the eight and seven teams as we sit here. Only one life to the line. Probably the Chargers. Okay. Even so, though even though they're going to lose to the Raiders potentially. Well, I think they're going to beat the Broncos, and if the if the Raiders lose, then the Raiders will probably just be playing a spoiler role in Week 18, and the Chargers will be in a spot where if they win, they're in, and so that changes the dynamic of that game. Uh, but if the Raiders beat the Colts and the Chargers beat the Broncos, and all of a sudden that's a playoff spot on the line in Week 18, that changes the dynamic of the game. So there's there's a lot that goes into it. So I just ran, I just ran through very quickly. What I wanted to playoff see machine. was yeah the, the playoff machine on ESPN. What I wanted to see was is there a path and there is where the wild cards in the AFC are the Raiders, Colts, and Dolphins. Which if you told somebody that, and the Raiders could get to the five seed, if you told somebody that a few weeks ago, you they would have called you crazy. Essentially, Raiders, Colts, the Dolphins. That we said. Yeah, that would be pretty insane. If the Raiders yeah. were the five seed, Colts were six, and Miami were seven, all three, 10 and seven. So let's say that the Raiders beat the Colts, and that's how you get the Raiders above the Colts as the five seed. The Pats beat the, this is week 17, of course. The Pats beat the Jaguars, and the Dolphins beat the Titans. Okay. And then I just went through and picked random teams for every other game, just kind of slapped something up there. Then in week 18, the Colts beat the Jaguars, which seems pretty reasonable and the uh raiders beat the chargers at home which is not outrageous at all right we just talked about it moments ago yeah i think it's outrageous, too outrageous it could potentially set up a situation where the dolphins and patriots are playing for it's like the loser is literally out of the playoffs and we yeah. don't know what you know. We don't know what exactly time these games will be. They'll be shifted around and all that. Presumably, the Raiders and Chargers and uh, Dolphins and Pats game would be at the same time. Same thing for the 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 Colts because of the implications. But I mean, that's pretty insane that that could all shake out. That's not even an, an implausible situation. The game is in Miami. We've seen the Patriots lose that a ton. Hmm. And it's not insane to think 
Like I just, they, they've lost two in a row. It, you know, they've got some issues right now. They've got to work through. Well, the funny thing is you're you're actually only replacing New England with Las Vegas in that, that scenario in terms of the teams that are in the playoffs. Right. Well, I'm just saying that the simulation that I just ran through and then when I clicked everything else, it has Kansas City is the one, Tennessee is the two, Buffalo is the three, Cleveland is the four, because I gave the... Yeah, the Where are the Bengals? Why would you have to do they, that, Brenton? They lost to the... They, I had the Bengals oh. losing oh, you hate to the Chiefs team. and then oh. losing to the Browns and they just missed the playoffs. Oh, what? That is terrible. I hope that doesn't happen, Breach. No, you don't. <laughs> we know you don't hope that I at think all. I, I probably missed something in here to screw up the stuff or whatever. Well, um, you, well, you know Bengals, what's right? crazy is that the way the AFC is set up, you could have the AFC North winner, whether it's the Bengals, Ravens, or Browns, finish nine and eight, nine and, eight and then yeah. have, I think, all two. three, all three. No, you can have all three. Wild no, no, no. You seven. can have two ten and seven teams miss the playoffs. Oh yeah, that's uh, that is correct. I think. And yeah. by the way, if the Steelers, if the Steelers went out and the Bengals lose out, the Steelers win the AFC North. Oh, that's what I was trying to tell you last night, and you just weren't listening because you thought I was gloating. And I said secretly, I've been watching the Bengals for my whole life and then there is nothing more likely now than them losing the chiefs and then losing in week 18 and not getting in the playoffs. I don't even want to think about it now. See what you got my head going, Wilson. This is what you're doing. You're you ever think that maybe you're the problem ever since you've been born to the, the, the Bengals have been cursed. I mean, their playoff losing streak started on my birthday in 1991. So it's definitely, and a there, you have it. there you have it. Definitely a possible theory against hit, the Raiders. Hit that like button. I mean, these, this is it really, the AFC is just absolutely fascinating. It's fun. And, yeah, I mean, in terms of where you could go, the, you know. The, and by so the way, we, I I prefer the AFC version over the AFC uh, NFC version in that if, uh, like Breach mentioned, uh, some ten and seven teams don't make the playoffs, that sinks for them. But at least we're not getting some six win teams in the playoffs because you don't have any choice of who's left over. It stinks when you're a ten and seven team that misses the playoffs when yeah. a nine and eight team got it. That's the stinky part. Yeah, and we can have that conversation for sure. But at least you're not getting terrible football teams in that just because you're run out of you have extra slots but not enough teams. I, I mean, yeah, I'm fine with it. If a 10 and 17 misses and a nine and eight team wins the division and gets in again, we've talked about how hard the schedules were for the Ravens, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers to close out the season. It's not like, you know, they were just a bad football team. They had really tough schedules. And I'm okay with a team winning a division with a worse record than a team that doesn't make it who finished second in their division. Now I don't like a, a 10 win team not making it. And then a seven win team winning the division and getting in that that's, that's a different concept. You mean like the NFC East in like three of the past eight years? Yes, correct. Yeah. Or the NFC South when the Panthers went like five, eleven and or yeah, seven, eight and one got seven, in one year. Seven and nine got in with the Seahawks one year. All right. Hit that like button. And we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about the NFC playoff race and maybe even mention this Dolphins uh, Saints game that happened on Monday night. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot 
Carter Finley. Shout out, Carter Finley. Or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip. Maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid. wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I, <laughs> you know what, Paramount, you know what's awesome? Paramount Plus. Did I mention that? Uh, podcast listeners wouldn't have seen the advertisement that just ran on the YouTube channel, but it was for the Reno 911 special, which got Ryan Wilson feeling pretty frisky indeed okay you didn't want to talk about it cool ryan loves reno 911 you know what i watched on paramount plus with my 20 month old daughter the search for QAnon, reno 911 movie uh she doesn't understand that but we did watch it it's a search for p anon but yes really because yeah. she pees her pants all the time so it makes sense <laughs> what'd you watch oh uh, well i'm not telling you now then you just get to hang out in suspense and never now Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, how was that? It was okay. You know, with kids' movies, you never know. You're just going to sit there and be totally bored. It was enough that, like, I didn't want to shut it off. Yeah, that's the thing. When you're a parent watching a kid's movie, you just want to either be able to sit there in peace or fall asleep and not have your kid poke you and wake you up. (laughs) Right. So either they need to be entertained or you have to be, like, 1% entertained. Mm -hmm. All right, two thumbs up for Clifford the Red Dog, John Breach. Okay. Two paws let's, up. Let's get to the <laughs> Paramount Plus is a it's it's awesome. It's a mountain of entertainment. Let's get to the NFC playoff race as we discussed on Sunday night's recap show. Of course, five teams have clinched a playoff spot. The loss by the uh, by the Saints on Monday night moves them down to the ten seed behind, well, tied with, but technically behind the Vikings, and uh, somehow. I don't know. The still alive Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> if Atlanta sneaks in the playoffs, then then that then I have a problem with the playoff system. The um, Atlanta should be the Bengals or the Lions or the Jags because they're a cat team. They have nine lives. Like you just every time you think they're dead, boom, they're back for more. And we keep talking about them every week, and we keep making the same chuckle that Brinson just made. Like, how, how are they still? Alive? You don't even believe what you're reading. That's how improbable it is. Yet here we are, with the Falcons still alive. Oh, a uh, quick update by the way. Oh boy, it's a good update. Debo says the hats have been shipped. Oh, what? thank goodness! The Brinson sucks hats have been shipped. Smash the like button if you love Debo taking care of biz. 
Good job, Debo. Yeah, I sent out about a dozen today, and the guy at FedEx was really disappointed to see me walk up with with 12 packages that said, it's like, what's what's in these? I was just like, oh, Brinson socks hats? He's like, oh, of course. Um, He was wearing one, oddly enough. Yeah. Can I have one? Uh, 12 have been sent out. We have three regular caps and 10 beanies remaining so there's still more hat giveaways to come i hope you said josh leggett a beanie to the cayman Islands, make him wear a freaking knit that knit hat enjoy the dolphins down there buddy uh, all right uh, i got a quick question about the falcons don't look at the uh too far on the right side of the screen i don't know if it's on there or not but is it the gonna, conference record i'm no no i'm gonna give you a number okay minus 85 falcons point differential above over under Minus eighty five. That's such a hugely low number that I feel like it's clear. Is it low? Well, well, is over over is closer to zero. Under is. So I'll give you some. Okay, I'm going to say it's closer to negative one hundred than it is to zero. Okay. No, no, which one is over? Which one's under? Because technically, so Panthers is minus sixty eight. That's no. I'm under. saying what is over and what is yeah, under. Under is closer to zero. Uh, see, I would have gone the other way. Um, yeah, well, I will say over. I will say over. All right. So, Breach, you said over as well? Yeah. And point of reference, Carolina Panthers minus 68 this year. Detroit Lions minus 127. Atlanta Falcons minus 122. One minus one. That is unbelievable. And that might be, that is second in the conference behind the, the aforementioned Falcons. Uh, excuse me, the Lions. It's behind then, the Jets, Houston, and Jacksonville as well. Yeah, and they have some astronomical numbers. Those three teams. Minus one seventy nine. Sweet mercy. But anyway, the point is that the well, those three teams we just talked about stink. The Falcons somehow have seven wins, which is again mind boggling. Uh, you know what's funny is that uh, Ty Schalter over at five thirty eight actually wrote something called "Are the Falcons the best bad team ever?" And it was looking at any team since the merger in nineteen seventy that had a point differential of negative one hundred or higher you know 101 102 i don't know what we saw there and then uh there literally have only been four other teams uh since the merger that have pulled this off winning at least seven games with that point differential it is the 2011 chiefs 2018 dolphins 2006 49ers 1995 rams and the 2021 falcons read that list again sorry hold on the 95 Rams. I'm just trying to think of these teams. 95 Rams. 95 Rams. Who else? Uh, the 2006 49ers. Mm. Oh, my gosh. So. 2011 Chiefs. Huh. Oh, that was the Todd Haley, Jamal Charles, uh, Matt Castle team. Right. They had the e- Remember Matt Castle made the Pro Bowl. They had the easiest schedule on the planet. And and then they went. To, did they get blasted in the playoffs? Or they, no? They almost held. The, they almost beat the Ravens in the playoffs, right? Am I misremembering that? I don't know. So as, so I'm looking through the uh, Falcons' schedule, and it is absolutely hilarious. Uh, of their seven wins, how many do you would think? How many wins? Uh, how many of those wins? Excuse me, were more than one score of the seven wins? Well, I'm guessing not many, since their point differential is so crappy. Well, I need uh, another. It's more. It's more than one. I think it's three, and they're against really bad teams. What do you want to say, Breach? Uh, I'll say two. Uh, the correct answer is zero. <laughs> oh, wow. They won one game by eight points. The rest were w- well below that. And uh, you can see their losses here all blowouts. <laughs> like they're losing. But look 40. at the teams they beat the Giants, 
the Jets, the Dolphins. The Dolphins are technically a good win now. Yeah, watch yourself. Saints, a worse win now. The Jaguars, the Panthers, and the Lions. Just, I mean, they, they have two two-win games, uh, at least two three-win games as I'm going through this fast, and then just getting absolutely demolished when they don't win the football game. Yeah. When they play a good team, they get thrashed. That's, so, what That's why I bet on the Bills this weekend. Should be pretty interesting against Buffalo. No, it should be not interesting. It's going to yeah, be. Yeah, as someone be in the comments mentioned, the point differential will be one, minus one fifty by Sunday evening. Um, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. They're going to get. So we all agree the Falcons are out. It seems like. I think the playoffs are set in the East uh, in the NFC. Excuse me. Prince. Wow. Debo's little uh, playoff dance worked out. I do think the one thing that can please right. don't say please do not say Minnesota. No, no. The one thing that can derail the Eagles is it's on the road against Washington, who they stink. Don't get me wrong. But maybe Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen come back angry at somebody else this time. Slow down the Eagles run game. And I mean, Washington can beat the Eagles. The Eagles are not that good of a team. I thought they could beat the Cowboys. And both times they... they Cowboys, are, Cowboys are a top a top tier team. The Eagles... We had questions about the Cowboys in recent We were wrong. The Eagles spotted Washington 10 points when they played and still won by double digits. I'm not saying that the, the Washington should be favored or will definitely win. Well, who, who do you have being the seventh seed at the end of this thing then? That's I'm just saying that I don't, I don't think the issue for the Eagles, I think, is that Dallas is going to be competing for the one seed. Yeah. And or, you know, the in the two, I think the two seed matters because Jerry Jones likes home games in the playoffs and who doesn't. So, Brenton, if the even if they go one and one and go nine and eight, that means the Vikings or the Falcons or the Saints would have to go two and oh just to be in the conversation. Right. That's and what I'm have, you what? think the Vikings, Falcons or Saints or Saints are going to go two and oh? I think that's what I'm trying to run, Brenton, is because in my mind, you know, I'd like them to win two games, but I'm very. Uh, realistic in the fact that they could definitely and, and probably will lose that week 18 game. So I'm running scenarios where they go one and one. And then what happens with these other teams? Green Bay has to beat Minnesota on Sunday night, which I think will happen and, and definitely can happen. New Orleans, despite how bad they looked, we don't know their situation with COVID heading into next week. They can beat the Falcons and Panthers in the final two weeks to finish nine and eight and then cause a three way tie. Well, here's the thing. If they lose to the Falcons, it'll be a one-score game. We know that. So, <laughs> And uh, Philly has a win over New Orleans, but a loss to San Francisco. Well, and New Orleans and Atlanta play each other. So one of those teams is out. The loser of that game's out. So now you're down to Philly. Well, who does Atlanta Minnesota, play? And one of those eight, two teams. Who does Atlanta play in Week 18? Should they win this game next week against the Saints? The Falcons? No, no, no they play Buffalo this week. Then, then the oh, they're out. Okay. Then they're they out. Play okay. the, then they All play right. The See, the Falcons are out. Falcons, the Falcons are out. The Falcons' best case is... I think the Saints are the only one of those three that has a chance to win out, which is crazy to say after what we watched tonight. Right. So I think Debo, I don't know what Stephen O at Sportsline has, but I would say the Eagles' chance to make the playoffs feels like around 50% or better. I, I think just, it's higher. It's got to be higher now. And that's hugely conservative on my part is what I was going to say, because I don't... I mean, these. Well, and teams, I think the 49ers actually the odd one out if it's a three-way tie between the Saints, Eagles, and 49ers. That's correct. So that puts the Eagles is that based, in a, on, is that based on conference record? Eagles have a better conference record, six and four versus six and five for San Fran. Looking at the chart there, Wait, why would the why are the I, I, I'm not 
Yeah, if San Francisco ends up losing to the Rams in week 18, I think that's a scenario where, uh, you know, conference record would come into play and, and Philly and Atlanta, or I'm sorry, New Orleans would, would get the edge. Is there a path to the seven seed only having eight wins? Yes, that uh, is correct. If all three, nine and eight, it is New Orleans and Philly. So eight and nine. I just, well, I guess, yeah, I guess, like, uh, well, Atlanta and New Orleans can't lose out both because they play each other. But that'll get one of those teams. I don't eight. think, I don't think Atlanta needs to be in, if they beat, let's, let's hold off on putting Atlanta in the discussion from a math perspective until they beat Buffalo. I'm ho- okay holding off and putting them on fair. any discussion. I mean, this is if they go beat Buffalo, then all of a sudden everything changes. Well, yes, if they go undefeated for the rest of the year, they'll win the Super Bowl, but I don't think that's going to happen. They're not beating Buffalo, is my point. Well, if they go, if the Eagles don't win anymore, so they go eight and nine, then it, the Buffalo game doesn't matter because the, the Falcons and Saints, one of them is going eight and nine because one of them has to win that game. So, but then put, you know, say Washington gets a little frisky, like Brinson said, they beat the Eagles and they have the Giants in week 18, and all of a sudden they're eight and nine. Yeah, because if the Eagles go eight and nine, then that means Washington won a game. I mean, right. They just got to beat the Giants. There's a lot of, I would love there for there to be some high drama, but I feel like Wilson said it at the beginning, and it's that this is probably the NFC playoff field, the current seven. Would All right, you, let me let me give you this this question. Would you rather you can take would either? Would you rather <laughs> spin the bottle? Okay, you can either have Philadelphia making the playoffs, or you can have Miami and Las Vegas making the playoffs. Which team do you want? Miami or Las Vegas making the playoffs in the AFC? As this, uh, it doesn't, so I don't really understand the question. That's a Benson nightmare right there. Any of those teams, Raiders, Eagles, and and the Dolphins. I mean, hell, so, either so Miami, we, you, you either get Miami or Vegas in the AFC, or you get Philadelphia. Which one do you feel more comfortable with taking? Like you can get, you have two teams oh, to win are, the Super Bowl. So if we pick that no, team, no, just to, just to make the playoffs, just to right. just to, in three weeks they'll be the either, okay okay. So you Eagles. get two I'm of Miami. You get you get two teams in the AFC or one team, or you get the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, so do you want Miami or Miami and Vegas, or do you want Philadelphia? I mean, there's probably somebody smarter than me could run the math on that. Like, there's a plus EV move, which is take the two teams. But well, that's that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to get it pretty even. It feels like it feels, the like it feels like Philly's going to get to nine wins, right? I think, and then right. have a chance at a like if if so if Green Bay wins, and this is where it's sort of so if Green Bay beats the Vikings, they're thirteen and three. Let's say the Cowboys beat the Cardinals. They're at 12 and four. The Eagles beat Washington. They're at nine and seven. At that point, Minnesota's done because they lost to, they lost to the the, uh, Packers. And it's pretty likely that Dallas is yanking their starters at halftime of the Eagles Cowboys game in week 18. If green Bay is capable of having a, you know, double digit lead against the lions. And you know how the NFL avoids that by having them play in different time slots, but the Cowboys at one and the Packers at four. Entirely possible. They're but what about that that second round divisional round home field advantage? That that could still be in play for Dallas, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I mean Dallas is if Dallas will want the two seed for sure. Right. So I think Debo's point is that they may not rest people. Yeah, I I, I don't think we can definitively say at at this point who will do like I think Tampa Bay, for instance will be perfectly content keeping Mike Evans off the field the rest of the year 
to ensure that he is as healthy as possible going into the playoffs. They don't have Chris Godwin. I don't think they'll play Gronk. They have OJ Howard and Cameron Braid. Also, the thing about getting the second home game, though, is I think aren't don't the second and third seed. They're both guaranteed a divisional round home game if they win their game, obviously, in the wild card round. No, because the Packers would have a home game and then the second seed would have a home game. Well, right. The Packers home game. Oh, yeah, because only two. Duh. Only so, two, yeah. Right, four right, teams right. would be so the only the two so. seed is guaranteed two home games as long as they so, win. So yeah, the second, yeah, the second, second seed does matter, especially. Quickly, just quickly, because yeah. Breach interrupted me as I was making a point about the Tampa Bay injuries you were talking about. Shaq Baird has a MCL ACL strain. A strain is a tear, so he's torn his ACL. So I don't know how he's coming back in a few weeks. That's what they keep saying. So that's just something else to, to look out for. He if if he comes back with a partially torn ACL, I don't know. If he's going to be as effective, so just something else to keep in mind when we're talking about these, all these injuries on these Buccaneers. Uh, what does Mike Evans have? A hamstring? Yeah. Or is it COVID? And he had a hamstring. I mean, one could argue that this is a very good time to get put on the COVID list if you're Mike Evans and likely missing the game anyway. I, I just think yeah. with Tampa Bay, they will be they are locked into the four seed at worst. It's a they they're going to see how Week 17 plays out and then sort of make a decision. They have the Jets and the Panthers. They're probably going to win both games anyway. Who's that? There's no, there's no real need to... You Tampa don't Bay. need to get Leonard Fournette and Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski 100% of, the, 100% of the snaps in those games because, you know, if the Rams went out and Dallas wins out, you're in the same spot anyway, even if you win both games. I would just be surprised if they pushed the limits on the regular season having just won the Super Bowl coming from a wild card spot. So they would face... And McVay, we know, will sit everyone if it doesn't mean anything. The great news is if Tampa Bay, even even if they have the the roster the Saints have, they play the Cardinals in the first round in Tampa Bay. So, you know, that feels... Bruce that's Arians a revenge game. <laughs> that's a team you probably want to face if you're Tampa Bay shorthanded or whatever. Sure. Um, okay. So, do we want to talk about the game? There was a game. It, it it was uh I think what was it the second throw of the night for Ian Book was the pick six. Yes. Hey, it was a touchdown. At least it wasn't his first one. And you know what? He only threw one incomplete pass in the first half. Five completions to his players, one pick six, and one incompletion. Not bad. Uh, I mean, Miami won the game twenty to three. Uh, I thought I, I Ian Book was obviously terrible. Twelve to twenty, hundred thirty-five. T- uh, he got sacked eight times. The poor kid was running for his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was. <laughs> I have it, no idea if he's good or not. It's not, has you cannot discern anything about him from that game without his starting two tackles. Bly, Brian Flores has sent the heat after him. He didn't get any calls. He got a helmet to helmet hit. It was people were angry that on fourth down he ran out of bounds and didn't throw it away. And then the next time he threw it away, it was an interception. So what? That's what you get. People, then people were mad about that too. Like oh, another him. pick. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, What do you want the kid to do? Yeah. I thought Tua actually, other than that, the overthrow interception, he's getting better. Now again, you can say he was playing a team that was decimated by injuries, not nearly as much as the offense in New Orleans. He's getting better, and you know we weren't, myself included, or myself primarily, wasn't. Big until last year when they kept benching Ryan Fitzpatrick because it didn't make any sense to me. But he's he's played better this year. Jalen Waddle, as you guys mentioned the other day, deserves to be in the rookie of the year conversation, offensive rookie of the year. He's uh, going to shatter Anquan Bolden's rookie uh, rookie reception number. Have I know he, he what did he do? 
tied it or something? At seven, he was at 93. So I think he's at 96 now. And Bolden uh, is either 101 or 103. And Waddle has two games left. And he'll get it in fewer than eight, 17 games, which that way people can't. It is weird. I mean, it's not, I mean I'm not, this is not a complaint. It's just interesting how they use Jalen Waddle. It's very different than how Alabama used him. He's sort of an underneath lower ADOT guy. They went, uh, seven yards per target or something like that in this game. He's he's awesome. He's dynamic. I love Jalen Waddle, And he's going to go down in history as probably one of the best ro- uh, rookie receivers ever. Oh, man. Oh, seven. man. We got to bet that. Sprinkle it. I'm, I'm literally looking at it right now to sprinkle. 70. All right, so sorry. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, Debo just tossed up 2021 Offensive Rookie of the Year award odds on Caesars. Mac Jones still minus 475. $10 bet wins 1,000 on the odds on what is it, what well, is it on Jamar, Caesars? Jamar Chase, no. three and a half to one, and Jalen Waddle, 75 to one. Look, Mac Jones is probably winning, but if the Patriots miss the playoffs, which is we just detailed is possible, not likely, but possible, then. I don't think Mac Jones will win it. Yeah, I don't know. What's his name? Just number one last year. Yeah, but like if Mac limps to the close and the Pats miss the playoffs, I think people will dock him for that. Waddle at 75 to one is at least worth $10. Yeah. Throw throw an expensive cheeseburger on it. I mean, pizza money, as the kids say. I'll tell you what. Give me $10. I'll give you uh, 85 to one odds. Really? Jalen Waddle. Yeah. All right. Done deal. I might do it. I'm in. I'm in on that. Okay. I mean, if he sets this record and he's going to, you have to at least put him in the conversation. And so it's crazy. I don't think anybody thought Mac Jones was so far ahead of everyone two weeks ago. I don't think anyone thought he was going to crater like he has. And now they've lost two in a row. If they just go one and one and close losing three out of four, they still make the playoffs. That's still. Uh, opens the door, I think, for Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. Yep. Oh, you just uh, want to say Jamar Chase, I see. Uh, but also, I mean, the Dolphins play the Patriots in Week 18. If if Jalen Waddle's a huge game against the Patriots defense, and Max Jones throws like two picks, yeah. uh, and, and Molly P asking the questions, when is the voting? The yeah, that's uh, a good question. It's only it is. I think it was due like 24 or 48 hours after the conclusion of the regular season. So playoff games are not games included in consideration. Not, Correct. That's why you oftentimes see an MVP who could struggle in the playoffs. People are like, how could he win MVP? It's like, well, incredible regular season. Also, why MVPs don't win the Super Bowl usually. We have not seen an MVP win the Super Bowl since 1999. Hasn't happened once this century. And then after the vote, everything is announced at NFL Honors, which is the Thursday before the Super Bowl. I have Mac Jones preseason to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. We were doing this podcast when it was announced that Cam Newton was cut, I think, or and I, I just threw some on Mac at like 10 to 1 or 11 to 1. I can't remember. If, if, I, if I have that, I am hedging a little bit out with uh, Jamar Chase. I'd like like 5 to 1, but 3.5 to 1 will work. I'm definitely throwing a little bit on Jalen Waddle because you can, you know, for $10, you can easily cover your hedge. For 25 you can set yourself up where it's a big payday either way. I don't think Jamar Chase will steal it. I think Mac Jones will probably still win. But if he poops his pants down the stretch and Jalen Waddle breaks the, the, the problem, the problem with begging against Mac Jones, and again, those numbers are worth enough to sprinkle on either Jamar Chase or, or Jalen Waddle. But the problem is that New England plays Jacksonville 
And you have like, that's a classic bounce back game where Mac Jones, throws three touchdowns and the Patriots win by 17. And then we're back saying, Oh, there's no way he can blow it now. Yeah. But who knows? But who I mean, knows? if he, if for some reason the Patriots stumble and Mac looks like crap against the Jaguars, all of a sudden yeah. those odds shift. Right. That's why you're hedging now. I wouldn't take chase. I don't think I would take chase now. I think I would take Waddle now. Just so, um, we were showing this tweet to each other, and CBS Sports HQ tweeted out: Notre Dame quarterbacks have lost twenty-four consecutive starts. The last to win, of course, is our guy Brady Quinn against the Panthers in twenty twelve. Who? So Ian Book. Who are the other quarterbacks between Brady and Ian Book that have been so terrible from Notre Dame? Jimmy Clausen. Well, he was before. Oh, he was before. He was. Before. He's, well, he's drafted in twenty ten. Then Cam came twenty eleven. But he was Kaiser. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Kaiser. But I mean, Jerry's Jackson. Is that? I mean, how long, how long did he play in the league? Golson never got starts in the NFL, did he? I don't think so. I'm just trying to figure out who these 24 quarterbacks are. 24? 24 consecutive starts. Couple for five yeah. quarterbacks. So it could have been, it was 2012. So it could have been a couple of Brady starts, Deshaun Kaiser starts. I don't think that Clausen played too much. He didn't play after 2011 because that's when they brought Cam in and he just. I mean, Kaiser probably had double digit starts. So yeah, for mostly, sure. They get like a basically a whole, half a rookie season, right? So it's mostly. Austin had a bunch with Buffalo, with uh, not Buffalo, with uh, Chicago. Remember the the, the forty two punt game against uh, Seattle? No. Kaiser zero and fifteen. Oh, there. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, it's like it's that's, like four, that's definitely the big one. It's like four Brady Quinn starts, fifteen Deshaun Kaiser starts, which gets us to, and then five Jimmy Clausen starts. So that's it, just three guys. Yeah, it's kind of a misleading statistic. By yeah. Jeez, I mean, Deshaun Kaiser never had a chance. He went to the 2017 Browns team. It's like old Brady Quinn plus Jimmy Clausen plus Deshaun Kaiser. So, yeah, Clausen, he played in 2010, didn't play again until 2014. 2014 and 2015, he was 0-4. So and I think- I, the fact that I threw out Jarius Jackson, I don't even know if he's included in this streak, but his career record was 0-1. There you go. Had to get that together. There you go. Jarius Jackson played before Brady Quinn. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, I guess he could have started in the NFL after Brady, but that would be surprising. So really, things just kind of fell apart after uh, Joe Montana left Notre Dame in the quarterback department. And as Kevin Clark, uh, our pal, friend of the program, Kevin Clark of the Ringer, pointed out, when Brady Quinn beat the Panthers in week 13 of the 2012 season, Jimmy Clausen was technically on the roster, but Cam Newton was the starter. I think he was on, right? He might not have been on that roster, actually. 2012? Yeah, I don't know if it was by then. He might have cut it just because he was. He doesn't have any stats from that year. Yeah, he was on the Panthers. Then. That's never good. It's just really crazy that Notre Dame hasn't produced uh, any, I guess, great QB since Montana. But it's really, if you look around the big schools, what are you looking at me for? I'm just slapping Brady Quinn in the face. I mean, Brady Quinn's a great guy. I don't think anyone's calling him an NFL Hall of Famer. First round pick? Well, no, not an NFL Hall of Famer. No, that's what I mean. I'm talking about like, uh, but I, uh, well, where I was going to go with that is that you don't see, for whatever reason, Ohio State, Alabama, you know, we're looking at two and Mac Jones this year. We don't know if they're going to have great careers, but Alabama hasn't produced many great quarterbacks over the past 20 or 30 years. Ohio State hasn't produced many great NFL quarterbacks over the past 20, 30 years. So I think it's weird that these great college teams having the, the quarterback State has more NFL quarterbacks than Notre Dame. Uh, Miami of Ohio. Has oh, more. Ho, ho, ho. Up high, down hard. Sorry. 
So the quarterback's success in college at these big schools hasn't translated to NFL success. I mean, it's a talent level thing where you're playing with much better. You're playing with much better people against inferior competition, and you can just spread it out more. Doesn't seem to be impacting Joe Burrow. There it is. Yes, that's why Joe Burrow went to Ohio State and then got he couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins. What he did in college, he's in the NFL now, and he's nine and six in first place in the AFC North, Prince, and, and about to lose out and miss the playoffs. Oh my god! Why would you say that? We have, that to root, we have to root against the bank, like root against Joe Burrow, just for like, like Wilson just purposes. on this podcast to will things into existence. Anti bangle it's sickening. Hey, my last name's not Wilson for nothing. <laughs> um, all right. Dun, 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 dun. Anything else from that? Well, we, you know, we didn't talk about Miami that game. That's unfair. So let's. Really- I just say I, I, we talked about Jalen Waddle. I talked about Tua continues yeah, to improve. Yeah. Let me guys ask you this: Based on the way Tua's played this year, and he seems to be getting better, uh, at least incrementally each and every week. If you're Brian Flores, if you're Chris Greer, if you're Stephen Ross, how serious are you floating around the idea of Deshaun Watson in the offseason? I would. I think that a as good as Deshaun Watson is, the cost of acquiring him. And I said this about the Panthers too. Like the Panthers went out and get to Sean Watson and you give up three first round picks or, you know, a first round pick and two players. I'm just not sure that you're, t- you're a playoff team, even with him there. And by the way, the Dolphins offensive line sucks. So you're going to bring Sean Watson in and just have him pretend he's playing for the Texans running for his life. Well, right. and now the Dolphins coaches might be like, well, Tua got us to, yeah. To, to this many wins and like Brinson saying it's a lot to give away to get them and they might even be saying hey you know what the combination of Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor won as many games this year as Deshaun Watson did last year so there's just all these and he's not walking into like you guys just said with the Dolphins offensive line it's not like he's going to have a ton of protection so it's going to be uh, I just don't know how many games the, the, the Dolphins are going to win with Watson that's not to say he's not an upgrade over Tua that's just the way this team is designed. You know, maybe he's worth one more win, two more wins than they have right now. All right, here's let's put it another way. Would you rather have Deshaun Watson and the same cast of characters, or would you rather have Tua, maybe another or two offensive linemen or whatever else you need to sort of bolster that team going into the next year? And I well, think Matt, I would rather upgrade the offensive line and continue to see if Tua gets better. Yeah, and that's the problem is that Tua does seem like he's progressing he, he looks better every single week. And so do you want to just throw him to the curb when it takes all of that compensation to acquire Deshaun Watson? And man, I mean, it's a tough decision. It is a very tough decision. The front office is going to have to make, I wouldn't want to have to make it. Let me ask you this. Cause this what, was, what was a, the question. Would you rather have, I mean, would you rather have uh Tua and a couple more offensive linemen or in a couple other positions filled through draft or free agency? Or would you rather just have Deshaun Watson? I mean, I think look, you tanked for Tua. You put it, you went all in on Tua. He's only been there two years. And my biggest concern with Tua is the arm strength. I think it's possible that develops back or his arm strength looks a little better. All right, I'll ask you this question because this is something that we were talking about all last and especially me last draft season. We'll just pick middle of the road team, the Denver Broncos is our go to. Next year, if you're if you had to have one starter, Tua Tangailoa or McCorkle Jones. On uh, the Denver Broncos? Yeah, just I'm picking my replacement level team. For those asking, my dog was scratching at the door to get out of my office. I had to run down there and let him out. Not surprised. Um, yeah, George. He's basically the Oracle Jones of of the dog family here. Um, I I think just in with I I would go Mac Jones because I want the floor. Yeah. 
Breach? Uh... My options are Tua or Mac Jones in the Broncos offense. Your option yeah. is either say Tua and don't believe it or get crucified by Tua Non is your choice. Tua <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just don't know how Mac Jones is going to look in a non-robotic. Uh, Mac Jones landed in the perfect spot for Mac Jones. If you throw him in the Broncos offense, I don't know how he's going to look. I do. It's called Drew Locke. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would probably go Tua. Yeah, Mac Jones wouldn't be very good with the Dolphins offense either. Like... Credit, yeah. I mean, credit to them for figuring out a way to make Tua work where you get the ball out quickly. Again, they use Jalen Waddle differently than they, you know, than we expected him to be used. But they have to because their offensive line is not very good. They get the ball out quickly. They get it in Jalen Waddle's hands, let him make plays. He's awesome. And of course, next week, I could flip flop on the, the Tua conversation because everything in the NFL changes week to week this season. Except the Dolphins because they win every week, Wilson. But, Except the Dolphins. The do- we are. I always talk about how the Panthers accelerated their timeline to go get a quarterback because of the market that was available to them. The same sort of thing happened to the Dolphins where they accelerated their Tua timeline to the point where it's at various points in the offseason and during this season, everybody wanted to get rid of it. It's over. It's done. Tua's career is, is finished. The Tua's been I, I for think, like 18 months. I think that's Brian Flores' fault for pushing them out there. I don't think anything would have changed in terms of the Tua's development. If he hadn't been thrown out there a couple times, they kept pulling him out of the game at the end. I don't know if that makes him feel better about his, in terms of his confidence. And they would have made the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm pretty sure. So I like Brian Flores a lot. I disagree with the decision to, to keep jerking to and Ryan Fitzpatrick around in terms of who was playing. Uh, but he is taking the most of, of his opportunities this year. So, you know, credit to him. There is no reason for Miami to move on from Tua this offseason at the expense of multiple first round draft picks and or high-level players. I agree. You have a guy who has wanted a high level in college and who had wasn't, you know, was the has been the center of attention in terms of not like controversy, but just, you know, oh, like should he start? Should we ditch him for Deshaun, et cetera, et cetera? Like, give the guy time. The, the the path to being a good quarterback is not the same for everyone. If Justin Herbert was just if if the Chargers doctor hadn't stabbed Tyrod Taylor in the wrong spot. We might not even know that Justin Herbert's as good as he is. By and, the way, Debo ease things on Tua. Debo said in the chat he's taking the other Bama QB. Oh, Jalen Hurts. The one that had transferred Oklahoma. No. He wasn't part of our hypothetical. Uh, just Russell I mean, it, you spent a year chasing down Tua Tungavaloa. You got him surprisingly in the draft, despite winning more games than you thought you would. You played him a bunch but not quite enough. You won 10 games. You just missed the playoffs. You sucked for a little bit, and now you're back to eight and seven. Trust the process, I guess, is 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 the, the mantra here, and that if you thought Tua was the guy 18 months ago or 24 months ago, you shouldn't abandon that hope now. Build up the offensive line. It's it, sort of like the... Like that offensive line could just magically click next year. They have a lot of talent on there. It's just young talent, and it hasn't produced yet. No, they need to keep drafting offensive linemen. Credit them for drafting as many offensive linemen as they have in the first two rounds, but you got to keep doing it because. Sure, but I, I'm just saying that, like, if if that all it, the Dolphins are in a good spot now, where we're done talking about is Brian Flores going to get fired? He, I think he was sixty sixty to one to win Coach of the Year. If the Dolphins now or before the season, right now. Oh yeah, that's a good bet. Right? If you feel have some confidence in them making the playoffs, it's a really good bet. If, if the Dolphins make the playoffs. And the Patriots, oh boy, that's gonna be expensive for me. 
Yeah. If the Patriots don't make the playoffs, Bill Belichick definitely won't win. At least maybe Zach Taylor could steal it. Zach Taylor. You keep that ticket, Brinson. Don't lose it. He'll be the first coach to win coach of the year and get fired two weeks later. <laughs> um, well, I think your only chance of Zach Taylor ticket winning is if they beat the Chiefs on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, even if they make the playoffs, they'll be in the conversation. But if you throw in a Chiefs win, that's when you get to the top of the conversation. I, is Belichick... Do we have odds? Of, is Belichick the favorite now? I think LaFleur is the favorite. Really? I don't, does Belichick ever win it? Because they, they're always good. Well, his expectations are so every year. So this feels like the year where he could win it. But I think, you know, I don't I don't know if 10 was. He probably won his last two games. Four winning it. Mike McCarthy, comeback player, coach of the year, and coach of the year. There's not a comeback award, but that would be funny. <laughs> I don't think LaFleur wins it if Rodgers is MVP. Well, Mike McCarthy, I think that's that's a pretty compelling story. What about Mike Vrabel? He lost his top player. Uh, that team is just so boring. <laughs> It's just so hard to keep behind. Oh, right. I, uh, it, it's always no, but you got to remember like, very rarely is it a team that has a win total of nine or higher that actually the coach wins the award or the team's a favorite to win the division. Well, Stefanski won no, it's, last year. It's, it's usually a surprise team that gets to the playoffs. Right. But the Browns weren't like a. No, I call Stefanski. He was my guy. I mean, it was, it, it, the, they hadn't been there in so long that that. What about that Nick Seriani then if you're going with the, the Brinson method? People have to eat his words. Nagy in 2018, Sean McVay, his first year on the job in 2017, taking the playoffs, one coach of the year. So Harbaugh, has, Harbaugh with uh, the Lamar season when it looked like he was going to get fired and flipped it around. I mean, it's that sort of stuff. Right. So it, it who does it feel like? I, the Sirianni thing doesn't seem crazy, but I think they'd have to win at least 10 games. I'd give it to Urban Meyer. <laughs> they did beat the Bills. I, I think Belichick, Zach Taylor... What about uh, Frank Reich? I just don't buy that LaFleur's yeah. winning it if Rodgers wins MVP. I don't think you can give it to Frank Reich unless if, if the Titans win that division, because why wouldn't you vote for Mike Vrabel? Yeah, I, I just told you why. He lost his best player, and he saw the team in a spot to... Yeah, Ryan's argument is that team. team's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Garrett won in 2016. What a world. I mean, Matt Nagy won in 2018. I mean... If, if, look, at, look at this list. It is new coaches who won a division and exceeded expectations and or coaches who overcame uh, a significant amount of hardship or difficulty, whether off, you know, whether it's an off field thing, Arians with the Colts when uh, Pagano got, got cancer or leukemia and then Harbaugh when on field, when he, you know, he had to go to Lamar cause it just wasn't working and they still, you know, roll. Oh, no, I guess Lamar, that was actually 2019 was when he unleashed MVP Lamar. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, and the Browns finished in the third in third place last year. Yeah, but yep. that was such a I made the playoffs. Such right, a right, right, right. I mean, it's such a it's finally they they turned it was a post Freddie Kitchen. Every miracle. single one of those teams is a playoff team. And Brent's in two cases here: 2015, 2019, where MVP matches up with Coach of the Year Ooh. winner. Yep, Ooh, Cam so and Lamar. Well, and, and and with both of those. The neither team was the favorite to win the division. I don't believe in 2015 it would have been the Saints. In 2019 would have been the Steelers, and and both teams in those cases vastly exceeded their win total expectation. What about Sean McDermott if the Bills went out, win the uh, win the division because they were they were down. They were the seventh seed for a while. They would have been out of the playoffs had the Bengals not lost that one week, a couple weeks. So had the Steelers not tied the Lions, they would have been out of the playoffs for a couple weeks. 
I, I think that their their win total was too high for it to happen, but I don't hate the idea. I thought he should have. I thought Sean McDermott should have deserved love the last three years, but didn't. All right, you have to. Give and me I a will name. say over over the past ten years, so since two thousand eleven, uh, the coach of the year has won at least eleven games in each season. All right, Brenton, give me a name. Well, I mean, give me a lot of no's. I want to hear a yes. I mean, I told you Belichick, Zach Taylor, or I don't think Belichick's. King, I mean, look, Kingsbury was minus five hundred or something like that two two or three weeks ago, and now he's just not even in the discussion. Nor should he be out. I, yeah, Belichick wasn't on the list we saw the Diva just put up from the last ten years or whatever. So I don't think he's one of that. Zach Taylor, how do you feel about that breach? I, I told you, I think if they win out, if they beat the Chiefs and finish eleven and six, I think he's one of the top three candidates. If the Bengals win eleven games, Zach, I mean, with with our boy Colin Bears getting a parade in downtown, well, uh, with a win over the Chiefs, and that's that's the key here. So I I, I think Zach Taylor goes from a top three or four favorite to the favorite if they finish. No, no, he goes from a top three or four favorite to get fired three <laughs> months ago to the favorite to win coach of the year. If they get I think at 11 and six, I think Zach Taylor has a great shot to win it. He's the yes, favorite. If the Bengals win 11 games. Zach Taylor's winning that. Award. Right. He's so the that's the spring. It's basically, do you think the Bengals can beat the chiefs this weekend? Cause if you do, that's where you put the Zach Taylor money down. I, but back to Even, your original point. I don't think it's crazy that if the Dolphins went out and go uh, ten and seven, and obviously they don't win the division, because they technically could, but geez, Louise, that would be nuts. Um, if, if they win the division, Brian Flores is getting it. But Brian Flores at sixty to one is not a crazy bet because you t- that, that's the exact sort of narrative that voters would love to give credit for. You're you're a hyped up team, then you go one and seven, then you rip off. You know, nine straight wins or ten, yeah, nine straight wins. You finish ten and seven, and all of a sudden, you close out the season with nine straight wins. You are getting some coach of the year love. And uh, Wilson, you were talking about Belichick not on that list. He actually was the first name off the list that Debo was showing. He won it in twenty ten, uh, and he's won it three times. Two thousand seven, he went undefeated. You have undefeated to. year. Yep, did not yeah. even get to the Super Bowl in twenty ten, uh, but obviously they co- they vote based on regular season. And they also won it in 2003. Yep. That's right. Oh my God. Dick Duran won it in 2001. How about that? Amazing. Got two bears coaches on this list. Marvin Lewis won it in 09. Marvin Lewis. And then they got stomped in the playoffs. So maybe I don't want Zach Taylor to win it. All right. Don't vote for Zach Taylor. Anti-campaign. Three bears coaches. Cause Nagy won it above. Oh, three breach. We'll get out on this. Someone asked. I don't know where the comments, Twitter, somewhere better coach, Zach Taylor, Marvin Lewis. Whew. It's so easy. Oh, ho, ho. I thought it was just no was the answer. <laughs> no, that was pretty sure the answer to this question. I don't even know why he's staying. Look, Marvin turned the team around. All right, we're not doing this for another minute and a half. It's time to end the podcast. We're not doing this for longer than an hour. Thank you all for watching. I'll Thank answer another podcast. You can hear breaches. You hear breaches answer on a separate Bengals only <laughs> podcast. All things Bengals. Per pause. John Breach. Thanks for watching. See you guys later. Hip Hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with 
they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary as we speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.